0: They call me feisty.
1: Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight, we have episode 111, entitled Rob Jackson. Rob is a longtime friend of Brian's and a friend of all of us at the table. He's gone through some unexpected trauma that pivoted his life in a moment. His is a story of perseverance and faith. So pull up a chair at the table and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what is this podcast specifically about?
2: No matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. If things are great, but you feel alone, well, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got so much worse. There is a Bible verse, Romans twelve fifteen, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That's is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is really all about. Each week we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model that rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic and finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is... Lunchtime, Lunchtime in,
1: in Rome. Rome! Hi, Brian.
3: Hi, Chris. Thanks for the uh, <laughs> Thanks for the hi. Um. So, this, I'll start it off this week. Um, man, the good is I'm um, making progress on my pool. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's so I, I'm in the middle of a resurface project, They're completely redoing it, repainting it, patching up the cracks. Um, it's been far too long. It's been about 18 years since I've done this. Mm. And,. I realized that it really should be about a seven, you know, like a seven year cycle. So, Hmm. um, you know, a lot of a lot of wear and tear on it. So I'm patching things and I've made a lot of progress over the past couple of days. I had Eric help me um, for a little bit yesterday and it was a big help. Um, So I'm on the timeline that I've wanted to be on with it, which is great. Um, I was going to try to hire somebody to do everything for me, and then realized that's really expensive, mm-hmm. and I can save myself a lot of money. And it's it's actually been fun to do, um, and, and uh, maybe even a little bit therapeutic. You know, sure,
4: Ooh, uh, that's awesome. Man,
3: power washers are fun. Yeah, yeah they are. I can they're imagine. they're addicting, man. And so, um, you know, I, I just. Have had some some really good time out there doing that, and uh, it's nice to see progress, and it's nice to know that. Um, I mean, you, you guys know how much I love my pool.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I was going to say you you love that pool, and that you are very yeah. <laughs> duh. That would and confirm you, that, because <laughs> <That would>, <laughs> I confirm said it. that. Yes. No, but you're so into like it's a long term. <laughs> it's like a long-term relationship for you. You know yes. what I mean. I thought you were going to go love affair. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you. And it, <laughs> like you said, like myself. you're, you're you, you, you. I think in in the past couple of years, I've watched you get onto the the um, the path that you want to be on with that pool mm-hmm. like you were like okay now i'm gonna start to, i, I mm-hmm. finally can do this and now i'm gonna do this and it's like all coming together so i'm very happy for you
3: i appreciate that because for the first i don't know 13 14 years of that pool it was a, just a struggle yeah. and yeah um, you know we, we we went through some hard times financially and like the last thing i can do is put money into a pool so you know it's been nice to be able to grow with that and and do something significant once a year to kind of um you know get it under control and really make it that place that uh, I, I enjoy, you know, because I, I do work hard. We, you know, Alexis works hard and it, it's nice to have that. And it's great to be able to open up to friends. You guys have all been there. And um, so, you know, it's 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 just a joy to be able to do that. So that's what's good. Um, I don't necessarily have a bad... Um, but I will say that uh, Saturday night I spent with Rob. Um, yeah, we uh, we went to Permanis, and that's going to be my food because it, I hadn't had Permanis in a while.
1: Yeah, nothing uh, wrong with that. And we went out and just had a really nice <laughs> meal,
3: Rob and I. And I think I might be stealing Rob's food story too, this but that's all okay. Which um, um, uh, we I had I get the Pittsburgher with an egg, so it's <laughs> a steak and egg and and you know everything else on it. Um, we and had couple, everything
0: else was on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: and, and they just they have great in, you know great good ingredients and and it was nice to be dining in somewhere and just having that atmosphere yep, again. Yep. Um, we were out at the one on thirty, so it wasn't super packed. Crusty bread, but soft on the inside. Yep. Oh yeah, I, I
1: lean toward the gabagool.
2: Yeah, me too.
3: Yeah, I don't think I've ever had anything else there besides the, the Pittsburgh. Like, when I go there, I, that's all I want. And so
0: wow. you ruled me in with that. I, I love did. that. I was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a part of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was delicious. We we had a couple beers and, and had some good conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was really, I mean, I guess that's also good, but it's also my food. And, um, you know, so that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to address. But I do want to pass this over to Rob. Um, we're going to hear much more about Rob. Uh, after we get through our good and bads. But um, I'm going to turn this over to you, Rob. Good, bad, and, and food this week.
0: Oh, wow, man. Well, it's a pleasure to be a part of this company, this group of guys, man. This is awesome. Um, I would have to say my good... I'm, I'm going to extend it a little bit. Can I extend it two days? Please. Uh Two of my girls were baptized. Um, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, dude, that was like... That's I mean, beautiful. Dude, my heart was jumping out of my heart, like my skin. It was so awesome to have that... Um, And to have the heated tub too was like, like my one daughter was like, it's warm in here. Jim was like, it pays to go to right church.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We would have canceled. We ain't doing no cold water baptism. You go check out the Jordan
0: River. Jesus was (laughs) baptized in warm water. (laughs) But yeah, just having my girls baptized, both of them, my, my oldest and my my second oldest man um, at the church, and realizing what it meant, um, that had to be the highlight of my good. That's awesome, so, man. It so, so
2: much fun to rejoice with you
3: now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was my good. And an honor to be a
2: part of it, and just to sit there and, you know, I don't have a mic in the in the hot tub, because yeah. that's not real safe, <laughs> yeah. and I don't, I don't inherently want everybody in that moment. You know, it's a very public yeah. thing to do. It's a public profession of your faith, but yet it's a very intimate moment. Between whoever's being baptized and God. Yeah. And it's sort of like I get to be that bystander and just be in the middle of that. And so it's just great to, you know, just to talk to them and whisper to them and and just, you know, make sure they're OK. Because, yeah. you know, it's a scary thing for being younger, seven and eight or six and seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like how you did it, too, man. Like, it's a public thing, but it's private. So right. um, it, it was public to everyone that saw it, but it, it was it was private to them. And I think that's was going to be lasting right. for their lives. That that was a private moment with them. True so for, as a dad, dude, yeah. <laughs> That was a top ten. Yeah, that's, pr- yeah, that's, that's a that's privilege. Awesome. That was a top ten. Um, the bad, um, I, I tell you, dude, we can all have bads in our life. You know, um, I'll have to say, you know, just not having the ability to to be able to maneuver like I want because of my eyesight um, mm. it, it is a bad. Um, I'm a business guy, and I want to do different things. I want to go when I want to go, but sometimes God says, "Be still," and then and, and not not to get too religious, but I think my bad sometimes is in that be still mm. when i like to go mm-hmm. but but that's you know um but, but, but rejoice in in everything that god gives you yeah yeah and i'm sure
1: we'll hear more about about that later but yeah it's just that's tough yeah I mean, absolutely that's, that's hard yeah oh it's me hi everybody so um yeah i so i struggled to find a good this week Aww. um hmm. and was gonna go totally bad however my bads aren't that bad so i was just it was a, it was gonna be more of a blah mm. for me a mediocre week Meh. but okay. i did find one small good so but i i'm, I'm gonna start with the blahs first Ooh. everything's fine right it's fine but my two so i've as i've been saying the past couple weeks on pod um I've been getting into, into the cooking thing, you know. I've been Ooh. grilling. The weather's been turning a little bit. Grilling some chicken, grilling some steak, mm. and um, getting a little better at it. Nothing, nothing, you know, like Jay, but just, just, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, for me, it's it's been improving. And then I tried, uh, back by popular demand, is my barbecue chicken thighs.
3: By popular demand to who? To you or your family? No, his boy
2: was talking about how good they were. Yeah, are. it was Ben. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Ben was saying, oh, that chicken was so good. And wow, well, you got a confidant telling you that. It's real. Right.
1: right? And so I'm like, absolutely, I'll do it again. And um, it was fine. Like, there was nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Um, it wasn't as good as last time. And that just bothers me because it's sure. like, why is this not cooking the same way? You know? Mm. and it's huh. uh, Why? Just, I don't know. There were thighs. I had one. In particular, there were six chicken thighs.
2: And you do skin on bone in? Yes, I did. Okay,
1: and I did the same exact thing I did last time. I cut mm-hmm. the excess skin off, so mm-hmm. it's really just on one side. But that's mm. exactly what I did last time. I did my dry rub. I I put it on. I thought the same heat and, on the grill and everything. What's and the I, temperature outside?
3: Yeah. What was the humidity? Um,
1: well, I'm serious about the temperature though, because you got open air and. Uh... I mean, I do I do them closed lid.
2: Uh, all right, that doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I don't know, but it just it just took longer, and I'm like, oh, these are going to dry out. These are going to dry. Out. This is going to be such a pain. They didn't dry out the to the point like where I used well, I Ooh. used to cook chicken, and I'm like, well, this is just chicken. Chicken is dry, but it just wasn't as as easy and and you know delicious right. as last time it did time, not I guess. come
3: together the way that yeah. you were expecting it was so that's fine a, that's a letdown yeah. it was
2: fine but it's unnerving Did not know why yeah mm-hmm. i
1: don't know if just the what, temperature the, 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 the
3: kind of chicken i mean would it would it be the, the kind of chicken size bite? of the chicken Maybe, it could yeah mm-hmm.
1: there was this one thigh in particular it just would not get up to temperature <laughs> and i'm like this is going to be a crispy th- mm-hmm. i just couldn't believe i had taken like all the others off i had you, to leave this one on i'm like what is it doing
2: you don't want your chicken thighs to be pittsburgh rare Mm-mm. burn on the outside bloody
1: in the middle <laughs> No. Good for a steak. Yeah. yeah not, <laughs> not for not chicken. chicken. No. no. And my other blah <sighs> is, is disc golf. Oh man. We went disc golfing the other day, and yes, it was windy, so I Made uh, some big putts. I can put some blame on that. And there were some I, I yeah. especially in my front nine, I had some some decent putts, but man, that back nine out in the open killed me. I'm like, do I even know what a frisbee is? Like I (laughs) don't. Like I. We call them
2: discs. They're discs,
1: right? Well, that's what I'm like. I. That's how low I am, Jay. I I was a conscious choice
2: to not comfort. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I I join you right there.
1: So yeah. Pilot on. I don't know, man. It it was it was frustrating. So I was gonna say i had plateaued, but I feel like I'd reverted. Like uh, that's not the right word. Regressed. Regressed. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm like... What, at disc
3: golf and cooking?
1: Yeah, now I that, guess. Now that you mention <laughs> it, right? Yeah now, that, yeah, now that you put it that way, I gotta go. <laughs> but, so, there there were those. And you it, sang
3: really well at church last night. You sang at a rehearsal, oh. rehearsal well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh,
1: yeah, well, for our... ever yeah, rehearsal, yeah. Yeah.
3: Thanks, that's nice of you. You're welcome. I Appreciate love when that. you touch the inside of my thighs. <laughs> Speaking
1: of thighs. Chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. Chicken thighs. Um, my good, like I said, I was searching for a good... I, I just came up with a TV show, mm. so uh, my wife Amy and my son Ben and I have been into the Circle. You guys heard of the mm, Circle? Heard of it? It is so. It's it's a uh, what do you call them? It sounds <laughs> great. Yeah, it does. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Eric's wait, wait, where here do too, I by find that on the TV? Wait, wait. Is that where I find that? Yeah, you find you watch this on the TV. <laughs> is it Netflix? Yeah. Uh, it. I don't know. <laughs> it might be Netflix. It might be Hulu. I'm not sure where it is. But it's The Circle. And it is a reality TV definitely. show. <laughs> and I like it because it's not heavy. Because mm. like you get into like uh, something like The Bachelor, yeah. which can get so cringy. Yeah. And so, like, okay, this is really affecting people's lives. Even though you, you want to laugh at people and it's funny. And I have watched The Bachelor. I'm not putting anybody down. Like, I've watched it. Mm. But afterwards, I'm like, ah, some of the things that happen, you know? Yeah. But this one... that.
3: I, yeah, that's go. why I have not continued Cobra Kai. I want to continue Cobra Kai so bad, but I'm so invested in the characters, and I know it's just going to be a crap show from here on out. You and know I, that, I how just, far in are
1: you? You know it's not reality, in the first <laughs> season. I know it's not reality, but <laughs> Dude, I I still, I'm I quit. Way too invested. I quit
2: in the first season. Rachel and I did, and we literally went back the next night and fast forwarded through a really cringeworthy moment, uh, and then we were able to continue because we don't like. I mean, we don't like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uncomfortable in that. Yeah, but we got past it, so it's still worth it. Yeah. And I've been watching Community
3: because it's oh, so light and fun and yes. you don't have to be invested. But it's also really well written. Not to take your thunder. Could not be done yeah. today. No, that's just, all right. No.
1: I'll just do a quick summary. No. It is basically you're trying to be friends with people on social media and not be the least popular because the least oh, popular is going to get okay. kicked out. Wow. But that's really all it is. So they're all living in this apartment building mm-hmm. and they have to like have, you know, conversations over. Oh, I think I tried that. <laughs> and it's, it's totally like, yes, I mean. They get into it, is so it, they're emotional like, about it. Is but there a British lady or something? There's a British girl, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this
3: is a beta test for when we have a social credit score. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's uh, a beta test for when yeah. we have social credit. Absolutely. There's a black mirror about that that was
3: Dude, excellent. I saw it. It's It was terrifying.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we've been enjoying got, it together, though, and and that's my fun, got, my good.
2: Got dark there at the end. Uh, yep, you're welcome. Well, <laughs> I, hey, there's nothing like a TV show that you look forward to. Oh, wait. Dark black mirror got dark the whole conversation got oh dark. yeah <laughs> it absolutely did no i've time. never done black mirror I'm a oh, pastor. Man. you don't see me talking Riddle. about anything it's not yeah right just never. Pure. never um so for me I'm, I'm gonna sort of break the rules and i'm not going good or bad but what i'm going to talk about is both good and bad mm. and it's really something none of you know anything about and it's about wow. me and it's almost a life philosophy that i've adopted in maybe the last six to ten months And it grew out of, you know how like you say some of the things as a parent that your parents always said to you, Mm -hmm. you know, turn the lights off or clean your room or whatever. I developed one that my parents never said. And I've talked about this before, where they'll leave something on the floor and I'll say, you left this for somebody else to clean up. Mm -hmm. And then I say, hey, I'd like you to meet somebody. And then I point to myself and I go, somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so now I just say, hey, and they're like, I know somebody else. <laughs> and then they pick it up. But I sort of got tired of even myself doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I should clean that up. Or, oh, I didn't do these dishes yet or whatever. So it's a two-sentence life philosophy. And if I put them together, it's inappropriate. So I like it. And I was going to make a blog post about it. But I realized people don't read really my blogs anymore. And the headline would be too inappropriate, which Ooh. is touch it once. Do it now. (laughs)
4: Hmm.
2: And so those are the two lines. Mm -hmm. If you're going to pick something up, touch it once. Don't say, I'm going to put it over here. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then I'll get to it later. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in the kitchen and I see something from the office, I'm going to touch it once. I'm picking it up and I'm walking all the way into the office. I'm not going to put it on the edge of the counter so that I can put it in the dining room table. So the next time I can get, no, you touch it one time. Mm -hmm, Maybe that would be a better way to say it. Touch it one time. Mm -hmm. And do it now. I'm in the kitchen before I leave. And I saw that there was just a spoon, not my spoon, a spoon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to put that Do it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, it's good because I'm incredibly productive around mm-hmm. the house. And it keeps me sharp. And then every time I come home, it's not, oh, there's all this stuff. Yeah. No, 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 no. I did. You know, the, the water, the, the water, the filtered water that we have in the fridge. It's a little bit low. Well, that needs to be filled. Do, do, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. do it now. Just do it now. So it's good because I'm productive and I feel good about myself and everything, you know, and it makes the rest of the day, no matter what it is, easier because you've done the things you're supposed to do. I
1: like that. I celebrate that you got through all of that with nobody snickering. That was amazing. (laughs) Well, your (laughs) eyes
2: are dying laughing. (laughs) All of you. with the No, I'm with you, man, because like, oh, I'm with you. Let me just let me leave it there. Because you're with me. Because of why it's not good. <laughs> so why it's uh-huh. good is I'm very productive. I feel good about myself. And I set things up for the rest of the day. If I'm not in my right mind, it becomes very bad. Mm. Because mm. guess who doesn't have the philosophy of touch it once and do it now? <sighs> Everybody, Everybody else. else. Everybody else in my household. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's like, uh-huh. Yep. I should just, you just you just cut the bread and you left the crumbs all over the, all counter. Over the counter. And I don't eat bread. So clearly that's <laughs> not mine. So, but if I'm in my right mind, I realize, hey, this is my journey. Mm. And they're going to do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. So I've got to just go ahead. If I'm not in my right mind, nah, I get a little pissy. Sure. I like that. I do too. Yeah. You get pissy for me. and
3: I like it. I get pissy. I get pissy for you. I get pissy for me because, you know, I'm very.
2: I, um, Could you I- imagine a household? Mm. Me and you? <laughs> 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 sure, actually, but where everyone followed that the Brady well, bunch? <laughs> I- I'll tell you, man. Like,
3: well, like uh, in in the past, I've been a bartender. I you know I worked in restaurants and hotel, and you know that that industry teaches you clean as you go, and clean and, and dude, as you go, clean buddy. as you go. And then you know, as being a driving the water truck and and having all the safety courses and everything that I had to go through the chances of you having an accident are much less when the thing is in the place that it's supposed to be in, you know, and, and there's a place, there's a place for everything and a place. Everything has its place, right? You know, you go into a, a warehouse or a facility or whatever it might be, they have a place for everything. And if, if you're not actively using it, number one, if you are using it, use it the right way. Number two, put it back when you're done with it, you know, and it just minimizes so many other potential things that, a lot of times you're like, Oh, it'll never happen." You don't even think about it happening, but then they do because you're careless with that. So do it. What I'm, I'm so with you. I don't know why I feel so strongly about this, but you I do. do. You're
2: passionate, but it's amazing because it's not just cleaning. It's you not know, just it's cleaning, like, and it's so funny you now because like I haunt myself because I'll be like, "I haven't paid the bills yet. I gotta do it now." <laughs> right. So you know, like, Soon like you I'll think do it tomorrow. It. Good. Yeah. It's like maybe it's gonna teach me to not think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
3: if I don't think of it, I don't have to but, do it. But I'll right? tell you what, though, man. I, the older I get, the more I understand how much proactivity affects your life. Mm. Like when you're proactive about something in life or overall, and that's your general state of being, life finds a way to reward you, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: A- a- and I just minimizes risk. Yeah. It, it minimizes yes, risk. Yes. And I
3: feel like things happen when you are actively in a, pro- in a proactive mindset rather than, ah, you know, in that
2: reactive mindset. So And it's funny because for somebody like me, I mean, I'm 50 years old, you know, I'm pretty set in my ways mm-hmm. and I'm very good at reacting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, right. I have lived my yeah, whole yeah. life reacting and that's sort of what we're going to transition to talk about, yeah. you know, how we react to things in life. Mm-hmm. So if I could just get a little better on the proactive side. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there we go. Sure. Yeah. not because I'm going to have less to react to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So
3: Rob is here. Um we're going to, basically, I mean, we... we I am here. You are here. Hey, there
4: he is. <laughs> there you are.
2: <laughs> um, you know, basically, Rob, we just... Is just a sight joke, Chris? What? You said, oh, there he is. Like, you couldn't... Oh, I heard why him. Why are you doing <laughs> that <laughs> to Rob? <laughs> he hasn't... Has yes, just,
3: like, Rob, yes. I haven't said anything in a while. I'll, I'm <laughs> with you, Chris. But, we're, um, yeah, so with Rob, you do have an amazing story. I've known you for... 20 plus years now. Um it's been that long? 99 man. Wow, 99 bro. is when hey, I met hey, you when
0: um, Prince came out with uh, 1999, brother. We on going <laughs> party till 1999. Right. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. <laughs> that that's that's when I that's when we met. Yeah. And you've had, you've you've had such a significant impact
0: on my life in a lot of ways. Um Well, let me say something about you and uh, this is not a Brian Rob show real quick. It um, can't be. You literally uh, we met at the Hosanna House where we counselors. He was the computer guy. And um, it, It's I, a home
3: for at risk youth yeah. in Wilkinsburg. Uh,
0: okay. yeah. 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 So we we're counselors. And, um, you know, Brian saw something in me. And he was like, dude, you got to go on this mission trip. And I'm like, dude, I do not have to. <laughs> <laughs> Costa Rica, what? I'm like, Costa Rica. I'm like, dude, like, and he was hounding me the entire time. And, um, you know, he had to raise <laughs> quite a bit of money for it. And yep. literally, I kept running from it. And it was just like, God just kept saying, mm, you're going to do this. And and it was Brian's vehemence on making me, um, like like adhere to the call of God. And money was literally falling in my lap for the mission trip. I mean, it was so cool, dude. It was like like it was like seventeen hundred dollars to go, mm-hmm. and I don't think I raised a die publicly. It was just like and and because like, I didn't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> You right. kept getting money, giving it away. <laughs> and, and just which money kept coming 000. from everywhere. And I was just like, this must be a call of God. So yep. that solidified Brian and I's relationship, that trip. Mm-hmm. God did amazing things. And, and there was a covenant, not a convenience with us. So I just thank God for him.
3: Yeah, nice. it was it was a good bond. And then, you know, you know life happens. And, and um, I mean, yeah. same city. and, and But it, like he moved over to the other side of town, which, you know, for me, like if I have to go through a tunnel, well, if I have to go through two tunnels, <laughs> wow that's Not definitely yeah. you know we'll see i'll see you next year <laughs> uh, you know and so so we we've kept in touch um you know during that time saw each other here and there you know celebrated some things be- between our families and and whatnot but um you know i, I think we really started to reconnect. Probably what was it 2014 when your eyesight went yeah. right? Yeah. Do you want
0: to do you want to get into that because that's a significant moment in your life? I think it and is, it's, I it's think, incredible. I, I think, but everyone has these types of moments in life, not just mine was eyesight. I had I literally on July 5th, I woke up and my left eye was completely shut blind. Um, and now you say completely shut blind, like literally couldn't open your eye, or no, no, see no, no. couldn't see out of my okay. left eye. Um, my wife rushed me to Mercy Hospital. Um, And then within 24 hours, my right eye, I literally saw the degeneration of my right eye going blind. Mm. So within 24 hours, both of my eyes were completely shut blind. So they rushed me over to, um, and these are the cliff notes, they rushed me over to um, uh, Montefiore Hospital where they had the ophthalmology neurology department where I could do more tests. And um, they said, "Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. I was like, there better be something wrong with you. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm like, you better find something wrong. They were like, we took all the blood. We, uh, we, we, we did all the tests, Neuro. They said, you suffered a stroke to your optic nerve. I wow. said, what is that? They said, it's behind the eye. It's nothing with your eyes. It's, it's the signal that gives. It's like a signal. Yeah, that gives your eyes the ability to see. I said, Well, wh- 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 what, you what do? are they gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's <laughs> fix it. it a move prescription. On? Yeah. What do we right. do? they got to take a pill. Yeah, right. so I was blind completely for three months. Um, no eyesight that had to be so scary, dude. I mean, absolutely, just to have I have about 15 percent vision, um, and I, I would compare my vision to. Um, if you went through West Virginia, uh, in, the, in the mountains of West Virginia, and hit a patch of fog and drove through that fog, that's how my vision is. It's mm. like driving through that fog. You can see, but you're not too cool about, you know. Yeah. You know so and you don't necessarily know what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: What's coming up, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Tell, if I may, tell me about, you know, in those moments from, oh, my gosh, something's wrong, to, wait, they don't know what's wrong. Do they know what's wrong mm. like tell me the roller coaster of emotions like was it anger was it fear was it you know what what was it like in that moment
0: when like your head is just on fire you're so hey jam i'll be honest with you man when they had the um the the, the mad student he was he, just a master's doing the epidural in my back just to get the spinal tap he hit me 50 times in my back just to get fluid from my back i was so mad like, dude, just get a regular doctor mm. to get the spinal, because they had to get fluid from my spine. Mm. I'm like, yo, I'm not a test dummy. So that made mm. me angry. Everything else, I was in a state of confusion. And I think sometimes life hits us with these moments of confusion. Like, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. You know, do I deserve What this? is happening? And yeah. yeah, and then why is happening? Why and is it happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is happening, and why is this happening? So I went to through me. those. Two. Yeah, to me, right. And I remember Brian coming through um, the hospital. Oh gosh! And he came through, and I, I couldn't see him, but I heard him. And you know, and, and I think that had to do something to you too. And I, I want to ask you too, Brian. What did you see from what I experienced? What did I see from what you experienced? Yeah, I mean, um, mean what, what, what did you feel? Well,
3: ju- the fragility. You know, I, I think that seeing somebody go through something like that that you're still going through on a day-to-day basis yeah. makes you appreciate the, every single moment that we have eyesight, every single moment our our, our, our lungs can take breath. It's an absolute gift. Yeah. and 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 then when you can't, you know and i've gone through, i've gone through some things my appendix burst yeah. i have you know i have my colon burst you know and you get into those situations where like this could be a total life change a total game changer for me yeah and your mind starts to go to well if this changes this changes this changes this changes and and how am i going to cope with this you know and i i think for for me personally it i took it personally like wow i i can't take it, it gave me a new appreciation for not taking the moments for granted it also has given me a, uh, you know, just a, a compassion for you, um, to because I can't imagine how difficult it is to go from somebody like you were saying in the beginning, who you are, you are a, a dynamic person, you are a, um, a big personality, and, and you've gone for life, you know, yeah. you've, you've done a lot of things, and to have that almost neutered, yeah. you know, to have that really, really minimized, and like you said, you, you, like, you know, you're in a position right now. You can't just go out for a go-, go for a drive to clear your head. Yeah.
0: I think the key thing about what I went through is that you learn to reinvent yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's paramount for everyone. Listen, I mean, I mean, if anything happens of that magnitude, mm-hmm. you have to if if you still breath in your life, you got to reinvent yourself. So mm-hmm. I learned different strategies of how to reinvent myself. Yeah. And, and kudos
1: and, to you for that, because I mean, yeah. what's what's the other option is uh, <laughs> some form of giving up, and right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in some at some level, you're like, well, I can't do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I mean, that's difficult. And like I said, like that's kudos to you.
0: Yeah. So my story is just not with my eyesight, but it it it, it mm-hmm. did change my life. Sure. Um, and we all mm-hmm. have moments where things have changed our lives. Tell me about before
2: that, and I mean way before that. Tell me about growing up. Mm. laying the groundwork for rob the man
0: today my gosh man i was man the hustler man i was the smallest guy with the big like not napoleon syndrome but i <laughs> you know i play, you know I, I i was an athletic type guy earned a scholarship at slippery rock university at five six and a half when people said i couldn't do it um just a hard worker where'd you go up um moroville gateway okay I mm, Gateway that's gateway I mean,
2: fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not bad health. it's not bad yeah. it's fine it's fine yeah, with the gateway um we sucked <laughs> <laughs> no but but i, I actually um getting access to uh collegiate um but go back even further oh even further oh i'm talking like Ooh.
2: who is rob as a first grader what's family dynamic because wow. i know rob the man but i, I want to hear a little bit more about rob the the young man all the way to child Dude, i was
0: a cut up man I, I i was like yo i was the biggest cut up like i grew up i grew up um in east liberty okay you know? um you know in the projects, but it was cool though it was like it was, it was a neighborhood it was a family right mm-hmm. it was a family and, um, and you do you have a older brother and an older sister yes yeah and yes. how much older uh both my 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 sister's fifty one
2: my and brothers you are i'm
0: forty five
2: okay yeah so six years older and yeah mm-hmm. and
0: I'm sorry, 49.
2: Okay, yeah. So you're the youngest of three. My oldest older, brother. Senior. My
0: oldest brother had he got murdered. Oh, he got murdered. Um, Speaking of trauma, yeah. He uh, he played for the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Wow. Um, he was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, while he was playing for the Eagles, and uh, he was outside linebacker. He went outside the club. He saw a girl harassing. I mean, he saw a man harassing his girlfriend to the point where he was like, "This is not cool." He stepped in just to help the girl, and the guy that was his, you know, that, that was- Boyfriend. Boyfriend, yeah, he pulled out a gun and shot my brother in the head and the heart and killed him. How old were you at the time? 16. Okay. It happened in 92. Okay. Wow. It was all over the papers. Mm-hmm. Troy Jackson from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. that played for the Philadelphia Eagles. But but, but, but but here's the most important thing about that, my father. So this guy went the Allegheny County Jail, and my dad did prison ministry, and he went down to the prison, oh, to man. the guy that killed my brother and won him the Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about a man, and he didn't even do it religiously. He was just like, look, you're forgiven, dude. We forgive you. And the tears that came rolling down that man's face, my dad said, was uncomprehensible yeah. and just the real love. So it's another testament about my young life. So at 16, you're – you?
2: I mean – well, I'll ask. Were you close with your brother? I We're mean, very close. And so, all of a sudden, in a flash, he's gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was. He was even giving me strategies to set up physical therapy units all over the nation because that's what he did yeah. he went with IUP. Career sack, career sack, guy. So you're a sophomore in high school.
2: Yeah. When it happens, yeah. who who helped you through that time? Like, was there like what you know? That's that's an. Yeah. Yeah, where'd you turn? Like,
0: was it was a it youth group? Was it? It was youth group. Was yeah. it? Was a youth group? Yeah, it was Covenant Church, man. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was Covenant Church. Hmm. Uh, they had an amazing youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, just to support me in that, um, they made it so much fun just to be around people. You mm-hmm. know, just it just not 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 having to focus on your fears or right. or, or, or things that that have. Happen in your life mm. yeah yeah how long
2: did it take for you to move on and i'm saying you never move on we all get that but like when did the new normal set in with okay i can do this because i mean you're in shock for a while yeah. you grieve i mean you always grieve just comes in cycles but like when did you feel like okay i'm, I'm me again and, and i was able to move on to take how long would it look i think
0: like? when i graduated high school mm-hmm. you know because um i was one of my me meet, meet Troy. There was not too many people that graduated high school. In my family. When I finally graduated high school, I like I achieved something, mm. and then I was going on to play collegiate basketball, like he played collegiate football. Kind of felt like he was pushing me, mm-hmm. so I yeah. think I got resolution then. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't nothing in particular, but it was a moment that I I feel I feel like I achieved. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned your dad, you know,
2: doing prison ministry, which is you know that's. That's real ministry right there because they ain't pulling any punches. Um, What was he like growing up? You had mom and dad together? Yes, yes, Tell
0: me about mom and dad. Mom and dad were just awesome. Um, Married uh, for almost 46 years. My Mm. dad passed last year. Oh. But um, yeah, married for 46 years. My dad was charismatic. He was, um, everyone loved him, you know. He, uh, he He was a car salesman, you know. So you knew how to build relationships. Yes, yes. And, but he also did, he also was a singer, and um, he did prison ministry, and that was his thing. You know, um, so
1: that was not his ever his profession. The prison ministry, no, that's just something he was called to do and and did on his I get on his own time. Yeah,
0: wow, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think that's amazing. He, he exclusively did that when Troy, my, my brother, um, got killed. Okay, he devoted his life to. Saying, you know, there's people in prison that's still an opportunity. So that was the catalyst for him to not just
3: go to the guy that murdered your brother, but to, to continue on. Yes.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And tell me about mom. Sweetheart, very, very genuine, you know, very caring would tell you about strong boy. You better go ahead and, you know, just or just tell you about everything that she <laughs> you, needed you didn't done. have to guess. I didn't have to. Not <laughs> wasn't at all. Vague. <laughs> not <laughs> not. <laughs> no, mom's is real. Um you know, uh, my, tiny
3: lady, but don't let her uh, don't let her lay into you, man. Not at all. Yeah. She
0: was definitely, yeah. yeah. If she was, a, if she was, yeah, she was definitely the real deal. So it mattered that you were a Jackson, yeah.
2: Like the Jackson family, like you didn't want to disappoint the family. Not at all. And did you hear if you did?
0: I, oh, I got it. I like got. You, it.
2: I mean, you would get into trouble because that's not what Jackson. You know, not only it, the Jackson,
0: mattered. the Johnson, the Williams, the, <laughs> they all get you. <laughs> <laughs> like the good old days. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I appreciate that. When we grew up, it was a community. It was a village. And I think that's what's lacking today, man. A lot of kids are so yeah. isolated. We mm-hmm. had that community and village like we had.
1: We you talked about being a, um, a cut-up when you were younger. Did you, I mean, how was the discipline in your house? Like, were you, was it pretty strict? Or like, did you get in trouble for those moments of cutting up?
0: Not at all. I learned my lesson. I probably had three whoopings in my life, and I call them whoopings. Because mm-hmm. um, they were whoopings? They were whoopings. <laughs> I had older brothers and sisters that I learned from. I was oh, the youngest, yeah. <laughs> so I only needed about three. But, but <laughs> but, but, but yeah, my, my, my parents, they, yeah, I, I learned quickly. But my cut-up was just, I was just a jokester, you know, but not the jokester that would not get his grades. Cause I, was okay. like a B, I was like was an A-B student, but the jokester that just wanted everybody to have fun and check me out.
2: <laughs> so uh, Rob, has, as a guest and every guest that's on our show, for the most part, uh, takes our relational needs questionnaire, which is available on our website, and you'll get a personalized email with your responses or with your uh, results. results. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of Rob's highest is approval, which is a sort of a misnomer. We like to call it belonging. You know, it's it matters that I matter and that I have relationships with another, which it's kind of cool to hear you say, like, you know, we were the Jacksons that, you know, and all the people that would hold yeah. you accountable and whatnot, that it mattered what your name was, it yeah. mattered who you represented, and you knew as a child, where you belonged, yes, you know, and then you decide to follow Christ as Lord and savior. And boy, it matters to call yourself a Christian. Mm. And you can identify with that as well. Yes. Um, going into going forward, when did you decide to have a relationship with God and how much did that change your life? Or was it sort of like there, you there, committed there, your life there, to Christ there, at two oh my gosh. backslid for recommitted your life to Christ at six?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's two significant moment guys. And I'm going to tell you, like, it's so transparent. When I was seven years old on Easter Sunday, I got baptized. The the, the the pastor said, who would like to be baptized mm. on Easter Sunday? And I said, I would. I, I took my hand up and I went down at seven without my parents to the altar. And I'm like, man, I'm the only one by myself. <laughs> but then I looked around and then there was another gentleman named Eugene Walker right next to me. And I said, oh, hey, Eugene, we're getting baptized. So I got baptized at seven. But. I remember we would get we would have six o'clock uh worship services in our house where my dad was singing and we would pray. Hmm. And at that time my mom and dad had an argument that day. It was March 21st, 1989. And I said, Well, we're not gonna have six a.m. or six p.m. um church, you know, or whatever we we a gathering. But but my dad said, We're still gonna do it. And he started singing, and cause he was a good singer, and um Literally, the Holy Spirit fell that day on me. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. Like, that's yes. the day I literally gave my life over. Wow. Not that I didn't go back and train, but, but literally, right. that, yeah, every, that, yeah. that was the day where the power of God hit me.
2: And so you go and you go through high school, you go to college. How'd your career turn out in college?
0: They called me feisty. <laughs> 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 they call it they called me feisty brother hey, um <laughs> uh, you know i think i got the name from from on the basketball court because i was so feisty yeah. on the court i had to be but then it kind of like changed into my social life i was a major cut up in, in college i got experience to drinking like for the first time and boy did I kinda like I started drinking, you know? Like a couple of beers, I was like wavering like the waveful. <laughs> <laughs> but God saw sort of hand me. Like later when I graduated in ninety nine, in ninety eight, I led I led um, you know, uh the, the, the choir. You know, I got into choir and we would travel. And I think that's when I started emerging in college as someone that stood for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And so you go forward, you graduate Married, and then all
2: of a sudden, boom, life changes. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing professionally at the time? Were you at
0: Hazana house then? No, no. Um, I actually started my first company in 2002. I took an idea, I packaged it, um, and this was back in 2002. I, 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 I got all the due diligence, the, the intellectual property together, packaged my proposal. And it's so funny, which you're not going to believe what I presented. It was the first talking Jesus doll. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I put it all together. I could not I didn't not have enough money for the prototype. and when what I explained on paper when you you, you you would squeeze talk to me Jesus, I had about 300 quotes that would say you never knew what it was going to say to you. So I kind of pitched this to like venture capital firms and people are like, Rob, you're starting too big. Uh. You need an angel investor. you need a bank. I was like, no, I'm going where the money's at, dude? VCs. So, I went to 30 different venture capital firms, wow. and I got 30 no's. Mm. No, it's just a, it's just intellectual property. We don't want it. I got mm. the provisional patent. The 31st one, Stonewood Capital Management signed me to a quarter million dollar deal, and the um, rest was history. I knew how to do business from there. Wow. Um, and, and, and here's what's funny about that. They were a Jewish investment firm. Mm. <laughs> There's was. a lot of jokes there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're going to let those go.
0: But uh, yeah, we sold the company in 06, and then I did a lot of consulting after that.
2: And so, all of a sudden, life's upside down. Yeah. Now, in one of your highest, actually, your highest emotional need is respect. Yeah. Do you think is it where does that where does that a come from? Like, where have you always felt that need to earn respect, to be given respect, and and how how did that happen up to
0: your trauma? I think I think respect you know when you give respect you absolutely want to have that get reciprocated um then when the trauma happened when i lost my eyesight you know i I was like wow i mean like am i respected you know i went through a period of like well it's got
2: to be a daily fight now on this end yeah but i'm saying if i would have said you the day before your eyesight went you know, if, if you took that test, would you have scored that high on respect? Was respect that high then? Yes. Okay. Yes. And now, how come? Why? I mean, you said because I, I give it, so I, I give should it. get it. Yeah. But that just means you value
0: it. I value respect. You know, if I
2: don't value money, I don't care if I get it, give it, whatever. Yeah, I, I, why I, did I, you value it so much?
0: Because because I I just I'm a loyal I'm a loyal person. Like the one thing about me, man, is just like what you see is what you get. I'm not going to I'm not going to um, show you one thing and do another. Hmm. Um. You know, if if, if if I'm for you, I'm for you.
2: And so then after the trauma and, and your eyesight's bad and you're having to reinvent yourself, how much did your respect take a hit? Mm. Or does it continue to? I mean, it's got to be something you fight.
0: I think personally my respect took a hit, but I don't think with other people. I think other people saw my fight. But with me, I, I was like, wow, man. Like, you know, I, I, I'm losing a little respect for myself. Sure. Mm. So so I think that's where it happened that um, like when you go through such a trauma, you lose respect for yourself, but you're not knowing other people <laughs> around you are like, yo, you're really an inspiration for how you're handling this. Right. And I think that that that's what I didn't see in that moment. You and
3: I are a lot alike in a lot of ways. I'm, my, my highest need is respect as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I, I think about I think a lot about do from time to time as far as if I was in your shoes if this happened to me um, I think that my confidence would take a huge Mm. blow because all the things that you used to be able to do and confidently just uh, you know have that energy and have that that momentum that becomes almost impossible and so in the reinventing of yourself how do you we're both very prideful people you and I you know we've talked about that you know we have a lot of like you know uh, I'll do it don't let me do you know don't don't do it for me I want to do this I want to I want to get through this how do you now as as you have to rely on people a little bit more you know yeah. to do just some of the basic things yeah how do you um, how do you handle that within yourself knowing I used to be able to do this now I can't I need to rely on somebody um, you know how do you how do you work
0: through that I tell what, Brian, I had to attach myself. um, First of all, my family uh, was dynamic dynamic at the time. Mm -hmm. But I had to attach myself to a blind association. I had to seek out resources. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to get to do my due diligence, and and I had to get aid and and help in that regard. I had to get Mm -hmm. um, introduced to the blind community. Um, So I think that was paramount for me uh, to yield myself Mm -hmm. to, to, to have to.
1: Yeah. It's, that's a huge yeah. adjustment, yeah. a huge change to to um, rely on others for your for for things that you you know had been able to to accomplish yourself. But yeah. there was a
0: lot of resources that they have given me. I wasn't alone anymore. Yeah, I found a community of people right. that also, I mean, dude, mm-hmm. completely blind from birth and are executives. I was like, how are you doing this? Mm. You yeah. know, mine happened mid age at thirty eight, which was an adjustment. But like. I met so many people that were doing on a level that gave me the confidence that I can do it myself.
3: Yeah, I, I, I want to touch back on what Jay Jay is saying though about where the need for respect comes from because it's important to me. I, I want to understand that because for me, again, I'm I that's my highest need, and I know where it comes from. You know, growing up um, without really uh, blowing anybody up, it was uh, th- let me make my decisions let me make my mistakes Mm. because i had people in my life that would not let me make those decisions and they wanted to shield me from those mistakes and you know i I think that like even now if if i i I I do like to call my i I like to think of myself as coachable and teachable but Mm -hmm. at the same time don't try to tell me how to do it because that's insulting like the way i see it don't try to tell me how to do it because that's insulting to me because i feel like i'm smart enough to be able to make the decision to do the thing mm-hmm. that I want to do, yeah. does that make sense? It does. Um, but a lot of it came from from growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there were, and there were times even in, in my house where I would do something and then it would get redone the way that somebody else wanted it redone. A- and I think out of that, I you know that that formed that respect disrespect thing for me. Mm. Like what I what I just did, that wasn't good enough. You know, and and so I think that struggle of am I good enough? Is what I'm doing good enough? That drives me and I think that manifests in the need for respect. Do you feel, you know, like something similar for you? Is is do you see anything in your you know, growing up for you that would have
0: you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, after college, you know, kind of mom and dad kind of like, you know, it was like, you're good, son. You're mm-hmm. Like, you're like, like, you would a lot. I, and I envy a lot of people that have their parents still attached to their lives, even in their older life. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that, right? Um. So, so a lot of my respect was what, what of, does that mean?
2: You didn't have that.
0: Well, you know, my, my, after I did, they felt like, you know, we did our job, mm. and you never stopped doing your job as a parent so so i was i felt disrespected in a way where, where by I, your from your parents yes mm-hmm. yes where i was like you know what like I they never, just kind of cut you loose yeah yeah it's just like you, you got it from here son mm-hmm. and no you don't you always need your parents in your life and i, I made a vow to my daughters mm-hmm. that i will always be in their lives i don't care because that's just you know how, how, how i am
3: mm-hmm.
0: but but yeah it was good so were they the same way with your sisters
3: well, one sister right yeah one oh, sister, sister sorry um that
2: yeah. they stopped parenting at a point yeah about when 17 when they were 17 yeah when well, she was 17 when she was 17 yeah so you it was when you're out of college yeah her when she was 17 i'm just wondering like you look at the trauma they go through yeah losing a son at how old was your brother 20 26 at the time. 26 that they wanted to s- stop parenting all three mm-hmm. you know that they're not going to miss him as much if they're not still parenting you at 26. Mm. Yeah. So maybe they disconnected themselves from you
3: guys because of the hurt they went through. Right.
2: Mm. Which doesn't make it okay. Wow. And that's one of the things that's really important is that, you know, you still wanted that relationship. You still wanted that parenting. Absolutely. There can be a billion reasons why they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you didn't get it. Yeah. You know, if a kid isn't fed, it doesn't matter if dad didn't have food, the kid's still hungry. Yeah. And you were hungry for that love that went away. And it's good that you obviously have turned that into a positive with, you know, making that commitment to to your family as well. I want to move forward to, you know, sort of that transition. You talked about reinventing yourself. And I think when you go through major life trauma, like, you know, you mentioned meeting, you know, the the Blind Association and people like that. And and people that you used to probably pity, like, oh, look at them. They're blind. Uh, You know, I remember walking around Children's Hospital when we didn't know what was wrong with Trey. And I would see the families who had the little bald kids with them. Mm -hmm. And I was praying for them. Mm. And, you know, and then like a month later, I'm like, oh, I'm one of them now. I am the one that has the kid. But, you know, but then when the trauma, for lack of a better term, is over and you've been fighting that for so long and you fight the transition of sight to no sight to independence to dependence. You know, you have a high need for encouragement, which is sort of saying, I believe in you. You can do it. But you have a low need for support, which mm-hmm. is let me help you do it, yeah. which has got to make that transition even harder. Yeah, You yeah. know, if you needed support all your whole life and now oh, I just need support in this area, mm-hmm. that's easy. So even a more difficult transition, you go through that time period and now you have your new normal, for lack of a better term, but then life's still there. And so it's easy sometimes to focus on the trauma because I got to fight this battle yeah but then, when the battle is not over, mm-hmm. but you've conquered that battle part of the war,
0: then life can still be there. yeah, tell me how life has been post trauma you know what um I, I i could just imagine just the first couple of weeks after being being hit with blind blindness uh my wife taking me downtown to go get insurance, and I was so scared just across the street just to hear the horns and um she dropped me off at the welfare office, and uh, she said, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get the car because I was getting insurance. Mm. She said, I'll be right back. So the security guard at the welfare office, because I was getting benefits, he said, son, he said, what's your condition? Because he saw me hunched over. Mm. I, walk, I I, I kind of walk with a hunch. Mm-hmm. It's like two or three weeks after. I said, well, I said, I. I, I, I he was the front desk security i said i went blind he said i am going to tell you that you know i can tell that there's a problem but god's got your back man like real cool dude like you know like not religious or anything like that and he was like i'm going to tell you again you're going to see again but not in the way that you think you are And he prayed for me right there. He said, we got cameras around now. I can't be laying hands on you. (laughs) But he said, you'll be fine. And I think that was the first sense of peace that I got from an Mm -hmm. outside source that was so unreligious Mm -hmm. that noticed my hunch.
2: Mm
4: -hmm.
0: And I stopped walking with a hunch from then because I was, like, scared. Mm -hmm.
2: And so that's 2014? Yeah. So now seven years later, you're, for lack of a better term, used to. You've made yourself you know, uh, you know, adapt. You've adapted is mm-hmm. a better term. But tell me about those seven years. Like, forget the eyesight now. Tell me about Rob now, and yeah. what is good and what is what is the challenge? Because that's what I'm saying. When when the challenge, the trauma that life faces us when we get over that, we sometimes turn around and we go, "Oh, I'm still here." Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's still I gotta wake life, up. Gotta, life's hard. Yep. Anyhow.
0: Mm. Yeah the things that would be rudimentary to me easy to me like on a computer are so difficult Mm -hmm. um you know um being able to get out there um and do the normal things like as a sales associate that made me a good sales guy are very arduous yeah very hard right now going to get groceries sometimes going to get groceries like i have to like literally like Put a plan together.
3: Mm-hmm. To you, just and, go get groceries. you and I have been to Aldi together. We, we've, yes. got, we've gone shopping. I've taken you to Aldi, and like you told me, the first time you went through, you 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 couldn't go anywhere. The second time we went through, you're like, yeah, I memorized the I memorized floor the, plan. Yes, to yeah. get through. So yeah. it's things like that that you've done to to learn to adapt. And
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If I go in a place for the first time, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I need help. I'm like, where's this at? Where's everything at? The second time. I've learned to memorize that place, so my memory becomes my eyesight.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And Brian will tell you, like and, and now in all these, I I, I know exactly what, what I'm doing. I'm like, go ahead, bro, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's how it's been difficult for me in this transition of seven years. Um, things have become so you know that were so simplistic, so hard. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I've I've learned to get through it. I've learned to, learned to get through it. Mm-hmm um what else (laughs) i mean it's a heck of
3: a transition (laughs) well have have, how how has this affected some of the other people in your life
0: well i'll tell you what um i was making a little bit more money before this happened sure um that's
3: a huge blow man you know because you you your options become a lot smaller
2: and you go back to respect
0: right exactly yeah i was making a little bit more money Mm -hmm. um i was able to be more flexible with business and now yeah but um i don't think god puts any not not to get religious here i don't think god puts anything on you more than you can handle and um i some i sometimes ask God, what is the reason for this Mm -hmm. and what are you doing with this what are you doing with this situation Mm And um, I'm kind of finding that out right now. I think he's like, okay, dude, my grace is sufficient. Yikes. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, and you know, there's a lot more to your story that we're not going to get into. But I-, I feel like you are very isolated in a lot of ways right now. Yeah. And it's it's a it's it's almost with again without getting into it. There's there's a, a, an element of like solitary confinement or yeah. or, or like it, it, it you know life inspo- it has imposed a quarantine on you. Um and. That's got to be very lonely. How do you how do you cope with that?
0: Sports. Watch a lot of sports on TV. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know, there's not. You can't pray that much, right? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I appreciate that honesty. Yeah, right, <laughs> you can't pray that much, man. Yeah. Um, you know, just I'm really a sports guy, dude. So I watch a lot of sports, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I can make my own self laugh. Yeah. You know, so I, like, and not that I get crazy, like, but but I, I can I can right. find humor with myself, right? And I think that gets me by. Um, I do have a, a company of friends like you guys I can call, mm-hmm. but um, you make sure you surround yourself around good people, mm-hmm. and that's what I've done.
3: And that's a, that. I mean, that's that's what we talk. About. That's lunchtime in Rome. That's the table. You know, we talk about being around the table, and even people that are online join us at the table. You know, and it's it. We we've I don't know how many times we've said it over the course of these 111 episodes, but mm. to ha- to have a group of people when you're going through something, even if you are alone, helps you to not feel quite as alone. Yeah, and that's the bottom line. You know, really, for so much of what we do here, and so
2: you know, I think that's a great way to. Unless you have something else, no, it's a testimony, Rob, to your relationship with Brian. You know yeah. that you have been there for him. You have you have been instrumental, even in. You know, Brian, your relationship with Lex in the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, when you have built those relationships, even when you are temporarily alone, there is the knowledge that the relationship exists yes. outside of there that you mm-hmm. can call upon people as well. Yeah. Right. Um, not to trivialize it, but I, I am, I am honored to be in your presence and oh, wow. to hear your story, um, because I don't know that anybody else could do better. Do better.
1: Mm. Wow. That's a great segue. Oh,
2: good. I thought it was maybe a little trivial. (laughs) No, it's it's a good segue. Am I the only one with a do-better? I do not have a do-better. I have a
1: can't do with a hidden do-better. wow! I have an obvious do-better.
2: Dateline. Bing. New Hampshire. Oh. And uh, it, it gives it away really in the headline. Explosion at gender reveal. Damages homes in several New Hampshire towns. What? Wow. Oh, I missed that Kingston, New Hampshire, an explosion as part of a gender reveal party shook foundations, damaged homes, and set off reports of an earthquake (laughs) (laughs) on Tuesday in several New Hampshire towns. What? Kingston police said a family set off 80 pounds of tannerite, which is typically sold over the counter for firearms practice at a quarry around 7 p.m. (laughs) thinking it was the safest place to explode it i'm not accept, i'm not upset because i have a chalk or confetti blowing my way i mean it was an explosion that rocked my house my neighbors my community in town neighbors sarah oh sorry i used a wrong voice john tagliari told wabc it was just absolutely over the top ridiculous some residents reported property damage but there were no injuries the blue smoke from the explosives indicated the family is expecting a boy. The person who bought the explosives turned himself into police. His identity has not been released, and it is unclear if charges will be filed against him.
1: Wow. I'm, at least, uh, like, I imagined them doing this, like, in their backyard mm-hmm. or something, like, before I, I, I heard the whole story. So at least, I guess, they went to the quarry? Yeah.
2: Except I think that's what made it worse, because the quarry's deep, and so uh,
3: it reverberated yeah. sideways. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, and that's disappointing for New Hampshire. I feel like that should be like a Florida story or like a <laughs> you know well that's not very nice, but It's not very nice. I should do <laughs> be accurate. I should accurate. do better. I'll do better. <laughs> but not
2: very nice. Hey, I'm
3: going to Florida next month, so I should stop talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, they listen. Florida they, they
3: listens do. They to this. Do. All of Florida listens to yes, this. Yes, they do. Governor DeSantis, you've done a great job. Anyway. Welcome,
1: Florida. So I've got a, a can't do better, uh, like I what? said. twist. With you a, have a can't do better? Come on now. With a twist. With a twist, and we'll, we'll see if you can, you can spot it. So the headline is, Hero Trucker Ignores Own Safety to Save Utility Workers Stuck in a Bucket with mm. fire blazing below oh. in there oh. <laughs> every other day why, why does it keep happening you're no. not
2: gonna believe this <laughs> a trucker again. was
1: at the right place at the right time to become a hero when he rescued a utility worker who was trapped in a raised bucket truck which had caught fire below oh, with it's terrifying. so the truck
2: is on fire. the truck is
1: on <laughs> fire with just minutes to spare before the truck exploded a police officer ran over to a tractor trailer that was stopped at a nearby intersection so there's a first you know can't do better is okay police officer looking for what can we do what's 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 I the like uh, yeah The driver, Efrain Zapita, sprang into action, moving his trailer beneath the Santa Rosa, California, utility worker, without care for his own safety, to provide the man with a means of escape. Hmm. Amidst plumes of black smoke and flames, the worker was able to jump down onto the truck and evade serious injury or death. Wow! Wow. Zapita works for Estes Express Lines, which praised their driver's actions, in an email. It's nothing short of a miracle that our driver, Efrain, was there just as this individual needed rescue from such a dire situation. Enough can't be said about his bravery and immediate actions that allowed the worker to escape, said Webb Estes, the company's vice president. At Estes, the safety of everyone on the road is our highest priority, and Efrain's heroics exemplify this to the fullest. Hmm. So what's the hit and do just better? an email? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. No, that—that's not where I went. My—my my do better is him plugging his company in the middle of this when oh. he said, At Estes, safety yeah. on the road is our highest priority." <laughs> like, uh, okay.
2: I don't think it's a, i think it's a can't do better because he gets publicity and he doesn't give his employee anything. <laughs> well, probably fired. Par- pers- turns out it was like outside a massage parlor or something, <laughs> and he wasn't even supposed to be there. Right. Right. So from he's like, "I am not going to fire
1: you." He drives NASCAR on the weekend. <laughs> his perspective, it was definitely a, a can't do better. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I That's have a, a
2: can't do better that I'm going to dismiss very quickly. We'll include it in the show notes, but it's a dog that broke loose and ended up winning a track race. Oh um, <laughs> this, it was the last leg in this. Girl Girls running and she's like, I felt somebody coming and I couldn't believe somebody had caught me and it was a dog and he just <laughs> ran right past her. So, and maybe it's even a do-better because he broke loose from the leash. So, uh, Eustace Leash Ma- uh, making manufacturers, they have the strongest leashes or something. I have no idea. <laughs> but the other one is this, and it's more of just a, a viral story that came on Twitter this weekend where a guy was, had the, he was checking into a hotel and they made a mistake and he took it personally. And so he started videotaping and berating the guy at the hotel. Mm. Wait, you said they made a mistake. Who made the mistake? Another so an employee made a mistake, okay. screwed up the guy's reservation. Okay. Mm. All right. He's dealing with a different employee. Got it. Who is a little bit overwhelmed in this moment because sure. this guy feels just very slighted. And this guy this this so jerk customer, is recording the customer, the guest at the hotel mm-hmm. is recording this guy mm-hmm. and he's berating him as the guy's trying to explain away what has happened, trying to figure out what happened. Right. I mean, most of us yeah, have dealt yeah. with the Yep. The public, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it turns out the guy's got a couple different conditions of, you know, emotional issues and, and psychological issues, whatever else. and But he's doing the best he can. And so this guy posted on social media mm-hmm. to shame mm-hmm. and dox right. this wow. hotel employee. Yeah. But who comes to the rescue? That's the Santa Claus. Look at you! See how I brought that around. That's called a callback, ladies and gentlemen. Brian is the can't do better. See, no, an old friend of the table here, Target Tory. Oh, Target oh. Tory! So, Target Tory, amongst others, oh, nice. find out that. This has happened to this young man. They find out that he's got these mm-hmm. just different anxiety issues. I mean, nothing debilitating. And he'd done nothing wrong in the first place. Right. So somebody else, not Target Tori, but she promoted it, started a GoFundMe because that's what happened with this woman, Tori, who yeah. works at Target. They wanted to raise $5,000 to give him a vacation just like Target Tori had gotten a vacation. And as of last time I checked this afternoon, seventy nine thousand dollars.
1: Oh Whoa! my gracious! Why can't that happen every to me? <laughs> Sunday? I'm like, I want somebody to get up and just start effing me. <laughs> I'll have my camera phone ready.
3: Oh man, people are such bullies and jerks, Whoa, man. Like and yeah. So nice. some
2: people are great, and they come and some in. Some people and they are can't great, and
3: they can't do better. Wow. Well, that's a great way to end it. Episode one eleven. Uh, please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media, and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for lunchtime in Rome. Bye. It's been a great time.
1: I'm going to Target. Bye. (laughs) Absolutely, I'll do it again. Well, this is just chicken. Chicken is dry. I love when you
3: touch the inside of my thigh. (laughs) Could you imagine Uh, a household? Mm. Me and you?